0: Vav. Yes. In the English, it's on top of page 283. Excuse me. On top of page 283. In the Hebrew, it's on the bottom of page Kuf well, Samachay. We started it yesterday. Isvav discusses how do we battle the Yivanim. The Yivanim come and they try to convince us that everything that exists exists inside of us and anything that's not inside of us doesn't matter it's not important I've told you before the professor that was lecturing his class and he says since I cannot see God I can only conclude that God does not exist. So one student, a religious student in the back of the classroom, raises his hand and says, I therefore conclude that the professor has no brain. The the Yivanim want to affect us with their culture. And it's a culture which, although in its extreme, surely we don't ascribe to but nevertheless it affects us it affects our perspective it affects our dedication and that culture is that what's important is that which we can directly relate to even if we're relating to it in the abstract even if we're relating to it through negation that means through knowing that it's not this or it's greater than this but nevertheless we're still relating to it and something which we can relate to we can appreciate and we can work with but something that's higher than that which as we said yesterday, is what's called makif harachik, the distant makif. The distant makif is something which the Yavanim have a problem with. They don't appreciate. So the Mimer says, how do we battle this? It's something which seeps into us. It's something which affects us. What do we do in order to be able to battle it? So the Mimer says to battle this Philosophy. We need to dig very deep. In order to win this battle, it's not enough to have the Aveda, the divine service that follows logic. Because the Yivanim go and taint that logic, they make it impure. You can't even use a divine service which is greater than logic, which is Kshura, which is connected in Tam vadas, which in the parentheses it explains is makif <laughs> The aveda which comes from makif that's the makif The M'Akev But that too does not suffice. Because the Syrian Greeks, when they entered into the Heichel, that the hekel is the level of Bina, as we described in the previous chapter. When they entered into the Heichel, they immediately made impure. They defiled all of the Shmanim, all of the oils, all of the levels of Chochmah even those levels of Chochmah which are beyond our immediate grasp. But we relate to because it's something that we look up at and say that's higher than we are. It's greater than we are. It's beyond us. Again, we could relate it in the abstract. Ha'inu, that means Gam ha'inyonim de Kedusha shelamaylam itam vadas also, those matters of holiness that are higher than logic, but they're connected to logic in the sense that they're considered higher than logic. Like it discusses in Tanya, there are certain things which you can say, I can't reach. I can't reach the ceiling. Why can't I reach the ceiling? Because it's higher than I am. But if I stand on a ladder, I could reach it. In other words, it's within reach, just beyond my reach however you're not going to say about a concept i can't reach that concept because you can't touch intellect (laughs) it's a ridiculous statement to make that you can't touch a concept so that's something which isn't even within the makif of 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 touching it's the same also when it comes to logic. There are certain ideas that are logical. There are certain ideas that are supra logical, that means they're beyond my logic, but I recognize that this is as far as I can grasp, and that's higher than I can grasp. But then there are certain ideas that are so removed from logic that I can't even say they're above logic. And that's where I need to tap into in order to battle the Yivanim. Why? Because the Yivanim can defile logic. They can say, logic is something which is mine. It comes from me. That's what the Yivani culture is, as we've discussed at length. The Yivanim can defile even that which is greater than logic, but related to logic. But there's one thing that they can't touch. That's the single flask of oil, chasum, which is sealed, with the seal of the kain Gadol. That single flask of oil, that's untouchable to the Yavanim. Why? Because it's beyond any grasp whatsoever. It's an essential level which is always there and always pure and cannot be defiled. And this is how we win the battle, is by tapping in to that flask of oil. A flask of oil that has no limitations, that has nothing that can darken it, that can hide it. The victory of the battle is through the Aveda, through the divine service of Messias Nefesh specifically. Messier Nefesh comes from that little point of Yechida that's inside of us that can't be touched by anything else. Now, when we think of Messiris Nefesh, what's the immediate thing that comes to light, that comes to mind? Sacrificing, sacrificing one's life. But the truth is that Messier Nefesh is not sacrificing Sacrificing one's life. That's called. Mesir's nefesh al-Kiddush Hashem. Which it refers to in two lines in the Mimer. That's Mesir's nefesh al-Kiddush Hashem. That's when a person. When a Jew. Has to. sacrifice his life. Mesir's nefesh is not only. Sacrificing one's life. The word nefesh. Is connected to the concept of. Rad's The concept of Mesir's nefesh. Self sacrifice is sacrificing yourself not sacrificing your life what does it mean to sacrifice yourself to sacrifice your nefesh to sacrifice your outside what does that mean to give yourself over to something how do you give yourself over to something so you wake up in the morning it's a simple example you wake up in the morning you're tired why are you tired? Well, you, your kids were probably disturbing you in the middle of the night last night, right? Preventing you from sleeping properly. Yeah. Whatever the reason is, you were You went and joined the Tom febringing until three in the morning. So, you're tired and you want to stay in bed. Why don't you stay in bed? so you might say you don't stay in bed because you're afraid that Ben is going to take away your phone or some other reason but that's not really the reason why a yid, a chasa doesn't stay in bed why don't you stay in bed because you know that at 7.30 in the morning bed is not where you belong you don't belong in bed but you want to be in bed you feel comfortable in bed I may have told you before the story of uh, Reb Chaim Brisker, when he was a little boy. His father, the Beis HaLevi, came to him once on a morning in Elul. And he says to him, he says, how can you still be in bed? It's whatever time it was in the morning. He says, it's the month of Elul. It's the month of Elul. Even the fish in the ocean are tittering, are shivering from the awe of the month of Elul, from the coming very soon days of Ah. How can you still be in bed? So Chaim responded, he said, if the fish were wrapped up in my warm blanket like me, they wouldn't be shivering. So you're wrapped up in your warm blanket, you want to be in bed, that's where you want to be. Fine. It's, it's, it's a nice thing to want to be. But you know, in your essence that's not where you belong. That's mysterious Nefesh. That's Messier Nefesh. Mysterious Nefesh is that you want to run down to breakfast in order to make sure that you get the most perfectly browned pancake. The one that came out just right. But you don't. Because you want to say an extra kapitol tillum. And finish the whole tillum of the day. Before you eat breakfast. Why do you do that? You do that because there's something deeper inside of you. Than your chitzen yistikiratzin. A parent wakes up in the middle of the night. To change their baby's diaper. Is that something they want to do? To find their pacifier. Is that something they want to do? No, they want to sleep. Well, they, want to get they want to rest. So why are they doing it? They're doing it because their connection to their baby is deeper than the rut in which they have to sleep. And the same is true in every level, in everything that we do, there's this concept of mischir that mysterious nefesh means connecting to my chida to my essence this is something that the ivanim can't touch the ivanim can come and affect our Aveda or pitamvadas our mishpatim our edris they can say wow this is a beautiful mitzvah that you have it's so pretty i want to make it even prettier Make it round. Make it pink. I want to make it even prettier. That's the defiling of the Yivanim to our, our, our Mishpatim and our Edis. When they come and they say that this is something which you can grasp, which you can touch, which you can hold on to, and therefore it's yours, and you might understand better than Rashi what Pshat the Gemara is. You might understand better than the Teira or what Chazal taught us, how beautiful tefillin should look, and so on and so forth. That's the Yavani culture. But there's something that the Yavanim can't touch. And that's our essence. And that's how we fight the Yavanim, by tapping into our essence. Let's look inside, continue inside. the indian has the idea of monsieur snaffish he standing with with strength neged against all obstacles if you're doing something because it's something that you grasp something that's beautiful to you something that you're holding on to then there's a certain point where the cost is greater than that which you're ready or able to put into it. In other words, you're doing it because you think it's such a nice thing to do. But if it's going to entail such a battle, such a challenge, such a such an obstacle, in order to be able to accomplish it, it's just too much. The cost doesn't validate the reward. But when you're working with Mesiris Nefesh, there can't be a moineya and ma'akiv that gets in the way. That Mesiris Nefesh, that's the toikif ha'atzmi shel That's the essential toikif. That's completely super logical. Uk'moy ha'mesiris nefesh al kiddush ha'shem. Like Mesiris Nefesh for kiddush ha'shem. That's where a person gives up his life. For mrs nefesh now mrs nefesh al kiddush hashem is not just giving up one's life because there are people that give up their lives for things that are not super logical for things sometimes that are even sub logical people give up their lives to smoke people give up their lives to eat Foods that are not healthy for them. People give up their lives for many things. To drive a racing car, which when they get into the car, they know that there's a chance which is far, far higher than not driving it, that they won't get out of it. So people give up their lives for lots of things. Things that are logical and things that are sub-logical. The concept of Kiddush Hashem for Messias Nefesh is where you give up your life for something that is super-logical. And of course, the classic example for that is Avram Avinu and the Akedah. Where Avram Avinu said, Hashem told me to do something, it makes no sense to me, but I'm doing it because that's what Hashem said. It's not just that it makes no sense to me. It runs contrary to every fiber of my personality, of my reality, of my truth, of my logic. But I'm doing it because that's what Hashem told me. That is Messir Snafish nefesh Al-Kiddush Hashem. And that's a Mysterious nefesh which we find by Yidin throughout history. That when push comes to shove, they say I'm a Jew. And I'm connected to Hashem, and I can't be otherwise. That's the Yechida, that's the essence. The Yivanim can come and defile, they can taint every level, but they can't touch my essence. And therefore I have to tap into my essence in order to battle the Yivanim. It doesn't come because of some logical argument. Ki im only, she'i efsher k'lal It cannot be otherwise. Why can't it be otherwise? Because this is who I am. Because this is my reality, my essence, and I can't go outside of that reality. Even if it doesn't make sense to me. Even if it doesn't feel right to me. Even if I'm not interested in it. But I can't do differently. They can't touch the essence of a Jew, as you so said, and I'm assuming you're correct because you're, you're always correct. Uh, or, well, the mind is always correct. You know, then, how is a person able because it, to intermarry? Because to me, it would seem that that's destroying the very essence of a Jew because if they intermarry and the person's children are Jewish, well, it, 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 kapoof. Does the essence what happens is logically a person can't put his finger into a fire, right? Mm-hmm. Because as soon as the pain of the fire touches him, he pulls back, right? Because the person has an essential desire to stay alive and be healthy and not be in a state of pain and that essential desire causes him to pull away from something which hurts okay. what happens if herman' son a person is ill and his sense of touch is dulled or completely completely erased he doesn't have it then he's in a very dangerous state that he's able to put his hand into a fire and not pull back and his hand may get burned and completely unusable as a result of that. It is possible, Rahmanul, for neshama, for a to get so covered over by layers and layers of shemots that it doesn't get moved by even an extreme circumstance and allows a al son to do something that is completely tearing him away from Judaism. However, were you to go and come with a power washer and wash away the shmots and rip away the layers that are blocking it, then eventually you'd be able to reach... That Yechida, once again, and once the yechidah is touched, once the yechidah is unveiled, then you're back to where you started, that you're able to connect completely. This comes, Mitzad, as a result of, in other words, this concept, that it's impossible to be otherwise. This comes mitzad as a result of ha the etzem haneshama, the hiskastros, the connection of the etzem haneshama of the essence of the neshama, which is bechinas hayichida, the level of yichida. The inyan hiskastros atzmes who sheyavshe klal liyisbei fenacher. The concept of an essential connection is that it's impossible to be otherwise if you're connected on an essential level, then your essence can't change. You could change your mind. You could change your jacket. You could change your socks once in a while. (laughs) But you can't change your essence. Your essence can't change. And therefore, when you're able to touch the essence, as I just told you also, Tancham, when you're able to touch the essence, once you've reached the essence, then on that essential level, then it's impossible for it to be otherwise. So I mean, for what example, is essence? Etzem. Etzem? Etzem. not etsem sure. as in bone, sure. there's the story... And there are other similar stories as well of uh, in the Nazi camps that uh, there was a certain rabbi who was there and he had a group of Yidin that stayed with him. And he would, between the horrific conditions that they were living under, He would inspire them, he would teach them, he would reach them in many different ways. And there was one Jew over there um, who had lived a completely secular life. And he, even there in the camps, um, uh, clung to this life of his this lifestyle and he felt completely (coughs) repelled opposed to this rabbi and his teachings then it was yom kippur and yom kippur of course the rabbi and all of the jews who were with him refused to eat anything and the nazis in their twisted Subhuman behaviors. They went and they brought just this hot, delicious meal. Anyam Kippur, of all days, they never fed them normal food, but Anyam Kippur, they brought this hot, delicious meal which just tantalized the starving prisoners. But of course the rabbi and his, his students, they refused to eat. And the Nazis were taunting them and saying that the food is going to get removed, it's going to get taken away. If you don't eat now, then you'll never be able to have this food. And they weren't interested. Then they turned to this Jew, the secular Jew, who constantly was fighting against the rabbi and throughout his life he had eaten on Yom Kippur. They said, do you want the food? And he said, it's Yom Kippur, I'm not going to eat. Something washed away, tore away all of these layers of separation, and it reached this flask, this yechida inside of him, the chassam mishal He said, it's Yom Kippur, I'm not going to eat. the Nazi, the guard, he pulls out his gun. He says, eat, or I'll shoot you. And he was Moser Nefesh, not to eat on Yom Kippur. In the Nazi camps, after even their fighting against Yiddishkeit and Torah. when throughout his life he had eaten on Yom Kippur, but when something touches the essence, at that point, it's impossible for it to be different. It's impossible for it to be different. You can't not. You can't go against your essence. What you could do is cover over the essence so far that you're not able to feel it. That you're not able to. It's not able to affect you. But if it's affected to fight against the Yavanim this is what we have to tap into Shmir Shmir wake up look at the Mimer let's go since on the level of Yechidah, EIN SHAYICH shum it's not possible for there to be any blemish or any impurity, God forbid similar to this single flask of oil sealed by the seal of the Qayin Gadol the outsiders can't touch there They can't affect it. Why? Because, again, you could change my mind. You could change even my ratzin. It's very difficult, but you could even change the course of my ratzin. You could change the flow of my ratzin. that instead of flowing in one direction, it should flow in another direction. But you can't change my etzem. The Yevanim can't affect it. They can't defile it. They can't make it dirty. Hine, al yedey ha'avedah de-mesiris nefesh shemitza de-yichida through the avedah of mesiris nefesh from this level of yichida al yedey zedafka. It's through this specifically that menatschem es Khama, we're able to be menatsayach. We're able to win the war. Just like it was in the battle of the Yvonim in the simple sense. Through the Messias Nefesh of Mattis and his sons. Even though they were weak and they were few. They stood with Messias Snafish to battle against Kiburim, mighty, and Rabbi many. It was illogical. It didn't make sense. It was one little flask of oil. could last for tzachakol one day. Give or take. Give or take, because there are some of that say it couldn't even last one day because the little bit left in the flask wouldn't have lasted more. There are others that argue, but regardless, it could last for Sakaka one day. You're not going to accomplish anything with it. You have this little bedraggled group of Jews that know how to sit in a basement and learn maybe they know how to farm, but they certainly don't know how to fight. And they're fighting against the most sophisticated, the most advanced army of the time. You know the story. <sighs> there was a uh, old Jew that called the White House. Asked to speak to President Obama. Oh, no. Was uh, calling from Eretz Yisrael, from B'nai Brak. He said, "Me." And my daffiyeh misheh, we decided that we're going to declare war against America. So President Obama says to him, he says, uh, are you sure that you want to do that? He says, you and your daffiyeh misheh are not that big, not that... uh, not that strong you're fighting against the mightiest army in the whole entire world are you sure you want to start such a fight so he says you know i'll call you back soon says, calls back he says president obama he says i'm not afraid of you he says we've been around for thousands of years And your country, your babies, you've been around for 300 years. I'm not afraid of you. So he says, but we decided, we we had a meeting and we decided that we're pulling back. We're not going to declare war against the United States. He says, why not? What convinced you out of it? He says, we, we spoke about it and we came to the conclusion that we have nowhere to put millions of prisoners of war. We just can't do it. You have Matisio and his sons, Adafie Mishir, they decide to wage war against the Yavanim. The Yavanim army had the most advanced weaponry the most advanced tactical training, the most advanced army, the largest army, the most powerful army of the entire world, and they were chaloshim they were weak and few. What were they thinking? What were they thinking? The answer is, this is Messir's Nefesh. There's a certain point that you can't back down so you're right zalman that even on a tactical level there's a concept of guerrilla warfare and that you're able to succeed however if you look practically at the battles that the Yevanim fought against the the yidin at the time against the hash Noim, that can only account for some of the battles I read, you know, Hot Brothers. It's like, I guess one of the Hushmanai wrote a biography or something like that, and it's translated. And a couple of their battles that they actually went head to head, they fought in like a valley that was very tight. And the Romans, part of their tactic is they had really big swords, and it's hard to draw your swords when it's tight. And they crowded the entire place, and the Hushmanai cut their swords down, to like the smallest possible. And they want to draw it and move in the Roman Warren they did that read two of their uh, the, the Greeks, And they did that two of their uh, like actual complications. It's true that they used brilliant tactics as well. After all, they were Jews. And they were able to fight the battle on a brilliant level. But no accounts of tactical Explanation of tactical planning can, at the end of the day, explain a victory like this. I think Vietnam did it to America, which could have been a bigger scale victory than. So I'll 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 give you a different example, a modern day example. I've heard, uh, maybe this isn't true, but this is what I've heard. I've heard that in the Pentagon, they refused to study most of the Israeli wars now although the Israeli wars had much of the same brilliant strategies as you've described they said ultimately we can't study a war like this because the war doesn't make any sense it doesn't make sense' I don't wherever it is in them yeah. yeah. so that the, they refuse bec- because yes there's strategy and there's brilliant ideas that they came up with and plans that they were able to carry out but at the end of the day the weakness and the fewness mm-hmm. of this group as brilliant as this might be they can't Win a war against the United States of America. Mikol makim nevertheless be nefesh lehilachim neged They stood with miserus nefesh to fight against the gibayim and the rabim, against the the mighty and the many, because they were fighting from the etzem, from the essence. Because it's impossible to be differently. Val and through this oiru. You know what Ayuru means? Ayru means they woke up. They woke up. Ayuru, they aroused. Upaalu and they affected. Gambaanshe dayram, also in the people of their generation. Limsar Nafsham Al-Kidus Hashem to give up their lives for Kiddush Hashem. Laver Al-Hadash Bishamaifan. Not to go against the against Das, against Yiddishkeit, in any way. Hine, through this, they were able to win the war. Because this is something that the Ivanim can't fight. They can't fight at them. And ultimately, if you want to put any rhyme or reason to the miracles of the Israeli wars and their victories in these wars, that's Ultimately what it is. This is expressed by one of the Israeli Prime Ministers. I don't remember who. I don't remember exactly what the statement was. But the point was that they're fighting for victory. We're fighting for survival. Ben-Gurion.
1: What? I think Ben-Gurion.
0: Ben-Gurion said it. Maybe. What was the statement? Something to that effect. i suffering against the UN. What? i uh, suffering against Did the UN, UN. because of that? Huh? I'm to because of it? But the nakuda is that when you're coming with survival, when you're coming with your essence, then If you're fighting for your survival, for your very existence, for your very reality, I can't stop. So at one point, if you're fighting on anything less than that, on anything less then, etsem, then at some point you're going to reach a manil which is going to tell you stop it's too much you can't do it but when you're fighting for your etsem for your essence then you just have to keep fighting and fighting and fighting until you're victorious etc. we'll stop over here for today on this special day of Yud Kislev a day of Miracles the day of okay. Mitzvahim and Hashem we will um, see wondrous miracles by us also. Have a wonderful day a wonderful Yom Tov. Okay. Bye. Bye.